Shalom and blessings. This is Pastor Clifton McDowell Sr. here at the Church of God of East New York, located in the heart of Brooklyn. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast, and I pray this week's sermon blesses and encourages you for the journey. God bless. Now enjoy the sermon. We've been going through a sermon series entitled The Not-So-Secret Sauce. You know how some folk they have when you gather together on Thanksgiving. I hope, I hope that you're passing on some of these Thanksgiving recipes. Amen. But you know how grandma or mom would just seem to put something special in that mac and cheese or in that um, stuffing. And amen. It was just special. And, but she would pass it on to somebody in the family and somebody would um, brag, I got grandma's recipe. You know, I, I know you like that, but I got grandma. I know how grandma, what grandma did to them collard greens. I'm so glad that God has given us a recipe for how to live effective lives as believers, as followers of Christ. And that what he um, has given is not for a select few. It's not some secret society, if you please. But he has recorded it that every one of us might know what it is that God requires of us, that God calls us to do if we are to live an effective life as a follower of Christ. And so, amen, we've been studying this final letter from the Apostle Peter, the letter that he has written just before his death, and it's known as Second Peter. The letter is essentially all the things that he wanted to say to the early church before he went on to be with the Lord. There's a section in this letter, in this scripture, that Peter writes that is absolutely packed and loaded. It is the very first chapter of 2 Peter. And Peter there offers us a recipe for a full life in Christ. In verse 3 of 2 Peter chapter 1, he says, it says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. No reason that we cannot live godly if we submit our will to his will and we go the way that he has led us and the way that he has marked out for us. A godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. How many are thankful for the promises of God? Amen. How many know that his promises are steadfast and sure? Amen. For they are founded on Father's written word. You can stand on his promises. That's why the songwriter says, standing on the promises of God. He says, so that, so that through them, through those precious promises, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world that's caused by evil desires. For this very reason, the apostle says, under the inspiration and guidance of the Holy Spirit, he says, make every effort to add to your faith this is what we've been talking about these last several weeks, this, this recipe for a full godly life. He says, add to your faith goodness, and to goodness add knowledge, 
and to knowledge add self-control, and to self-control add perseverance, and to perseverance add godliness, and to godliness add mutual affection, and to mutual affection add love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive Amen. In your knowledge of our Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ, for whoever does not have them in is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. My, my wife and I subscribe to a well-known um, meal delivery service that I won't name the, the company. But it's where a, a box will come and be delivered and set right on your doorstep. And in that box will have all the ingredients that you will need to make the meal that you ordered. It, it can get a little pricey, and so we, we skip several weeks at a time. But it makes me, it makes your pastor look like a good chef. And it also allows um, us to cook together. Uh, we like pulling out all the unique ingredients that um, some of which we have never cooked with, some of which we have never even heard of, let alone used in combination. This week, yeah, this week, I, I cooked some rice that was minced with ginger. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I mixed up a, 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 a sauce, an apricot sauce that had ginger and garlic and butter and lime juice and, and something called pansu. Pansu sauce. And I grilled two nice pieces of chicken breast browned them in some olive oil in the pan, sliced it up. See, the recipe gives you a picture of what it ought to look like. Sliced it up, and I took that sauce that I had made, and I, and I poured it on both of our chicken breasts. Any of you ever heard of pansu sauce? Who, who's heard of it? One person. I ain't never heard of pansu sauce. Pansoy, I can't even pronounce it until this week. And, and so you, you pull up the recipe card with that picture on it, and um, you, you want to prepare it. You want to prepare it so it looks like what you see on the card. And it's important that you prepare each ingredient the way they say to do it. Use the right amount. Put it in the right order as indicated. But in every recipe, there seems to be that one ingredient that you just have to get it right. That one ingredient that if not included, the meal is not going to turn out correctly and as tasty 
You got to even make sure you use the right cook times. Believe me, I need that kind of detail when it comes to cooking, except for breakfast. I can throw down. In the list of traits that the apostle gives us, these virtues, the recipe for effective Christian living, the trait that we're going to look at today is that crucial ingredient. That if you leave it out, all the others won't work. That ingredient that Peter is trying to end this um, recipe with is the ingredient love. See, Peter is not just concerned that we muster up traits like goodness and self-control and the others, that we muster them up from time to time. Not just when it's easy, not just when it's convenient, we must learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit to develop these, these ways of living in us in a consistent and increasing measure. And an increasing measure, when he says that, he's saying they ought to become more and more obvious in our lives. But as you read through these traits, you may come to realize there seems to be a movement in them. That it seems to be a movement from it being us-centered to being other-centered. You see, as we develop deep faith, we add to it goodness. We bring good into the world that our Father created based on the call of God in our life. We add to goodness. We add knowledge. We read the Bible, amen, for transformation and application, not just for information. We get to know God intimately, personally. We add to knowledge self-control. In other words, we learn to submit to the Spirit's will and his leading and his way for our lives. And to self-control, we add perseverance, amen, to daily choose to be loyal and walk with Jesus. I choose. Anybody choose Jesus again today? I choose Jesus. Amen. See, I know he's already chosen me, but I choose him again and again, over and over. And so we've got to persevere through the challenges of life. To perseverance, we add godliness. We soak in the love and the grace of God until it becomes who we are, that it becomes part of our identity. Amen. I want to look like my father. I want to act like my father wants me to act. Amen. You could even make the case that these traits are built upon one another and maybe even become progressively more and more challenging. But the first, the final two traits are no doubt the most difficult. Scripture says that we are to add to our mutual affection that we spoke about last week. He says we are to add love. In the Greek language, there's four words used for love. Eros. It talks about romantic love, the, the physical 
um, sexual relationship between a man, husband, and a wife. It's reserved for marriage. Storge, family love, the affectionate bond that develops naturally between parents and children and brothers and sisters. Philia or Philadelphia, brotherly love. Amen. That powerful emotional bond that is like a deep, deep, deep affection. Amen. And then agape. That's God's unconditional love. That's that, um, that, that benevolence that we would give with no strings attached. Someone has said that marriage needs all four of those types of love in order for it to thrive. But love is a funny word within our Western American culture. You see, where in Greek you have four words, we only got one. Can you say love? love. Can you say it again? Say love. love. That's it. That's all you got. We only get to use one word in the English, in the English level um, language, so I believe it gets kind of overused. And I believe that love, in a sense, has lost its power in our culture. Why? Because if I'm honest, if you're honest, we use love for almost everything. I love my puppies. I love my kittens. I love that cat. Love that dog. Love summertime. I love springtime. I just love fashion. I love shoes. Uh -huh. I love Marvel movies. I love my car. I love my house. I love to travel. I love nice things. I, 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 I love Haagen-Dazs, pina coladas, ice cream. I love Italian and Caribbean, Caribbean food. I love sleeping when it's raining. But then we also love our spouses. We love our children. We love our grandchildren. We love, amen, our congregation. We love our neighbors. Only one word. The truth is we typically love things and even people that have something to give us, something to reciprocate, that somehow we gain something from um, it or something from them. I want to tell you this morning that that's not the kind of love that the, the scripture is talking about. Not the kind of love where um, you're going to gain something or you're, somebody's going to reciprocate to you. That's not what Peter is using because he uses the Greek word for agape, that unconditional. Agape is the highest form of love. It's selfless and sacrificial and unconditional. No strings or requirements attached. Agape love is that love that we choose even when we disagree. Anybody ever disagree with somebody and felt deeply about the disagreement? Agape is that kind of love that you still love even when you disagree. Agape love is, is what we choose even when the persons don't look like us, don't like us, and don't think us. How many of you know some folk that just don't like you? And see, the, the, the unchristian attitude is to say, well, you don't like me, I don't like you either. Y'all just look at me. 
You, you know those family members, you don't like me? I, I, ain't got, I ain't got time for you. And you look at the hand, because I ain't got time for you. That's not agape. And, and that's not the kind of love that um, Peter is telling us that we need to add to mutual affection. He's saying, add agape love to your mutual affection. Peter seems to believe that this final ingredient is not something that we choose because we gain something from it. It's what makes it all work. It's what holds everything together. When we utilize this ingredient in our not-so-secret sauce, the, the one thing, the first thing I want to tell you is that it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you. If you're going to use, if you're going to agape one another, if you're going to agape people that don't look like you, act like you, don't like you, disagree with you, it's going to cost you. Every parent knows this kind of love. Because parenting, the parenting relationship may be the place that we experience and express this kind of love the most on a regular basis. How many of you know that loving children cost you something? How many of you are somebody's son? It's not a hard question, not a trick question. How many of you are somebody's daughter? Okay. Now, those of you that know that you're somebody's son, somebody's daughter, how many of you are the parent to, to a son or a daughter? Can I submit to you that it costs your parents to love you? the way they loved you. And can we be honest that it cost? Children will cost you. <laughs> From the very moment you went to the hospital, amen, you had great insurance, but you probably also had a copay. Yes? And how many of you know the hospital will send you the bill? And if the insurance didn't like something, they sent it to you because unbeknownst to you, you signed something before you went in and you said, I'll be responsible. Having a newborn, you got to purchase diapers, formula, can you say cost? All kinds, up all kinds of hours of the night. And if you're a parent and you're going through that, you went through that, remember somebody went through it with you. Getting catnaps, three hours here, two hours. Remember what they told you? They said, listen, when the baby sleep, you better sleep. Who am I talking to? The doctor's visits cost. The vaccinations, the, the fevers, the colic, the teething, the crying. Growing up, growing out of perfectly good clothes. Cost. 
getting into everything, pulling down all kinds of stuff. The, the times in waiting rooms, amen, it cost you something. Breaking of things, car seats, carriages, strollers, cribs, oh my. It costs. And, I, and that, these are all the beginnings. I'm not going further down the road talking about, I won't even go there. I'm thankful for family, let me tell you, who comes alongside of us, came alongside of us. How many of you are thankful for family? Amen. You, you ought to let family know you're thankful for them. You, you ought to not just take it for granted that they show up, that they've come alongside of you. I'm thinking, God, that as our children were growing up, we got help with diapers. We got help with formula and vitamins and medicine and clothes throughout their childhood. And when their, their, their childhood was over, it was like the manna. God said, no more manna. <laughs> Anybody understand what I'm saying? God knows how to step, how to send people. Amen. It's going to cost you, but thank God that, Lord, he brings people in your life at the right time. God pay love, but you love your child unconditionally. It, it doesn't matter. You don't stop loving your child because they get diarrhea and mess up the fourth set of clothes in one day. You still love them. It's unconditional. Sacrificial and unconditional love cost us something. We're going to be committed, if we're going to be committed to the living, living the way Jesus calls us to, it's going to cost us. Love demands it. Church, the body of Christ has always been at its best when it's giving itself away. We give ourselves away so God can use us. Amen? Amen. But be honest with me. Be honest with me. The idea of choosing to love without anything in return does not sound that appealing. Come on. The idea of love without any strings, expecting nothing in return, does not sound that appealing. But that's the example and the mandate that the Lord has given us. In fact, he's given us a blueprint in the person of Jesus. With the internet, that time, we're living in the time of the internet and so many programs on TV, there's an increasing number of people doing DIY projects. What does DIY stand for? Do it yourself. Anybody done any of those? Right? Something breaks, they say Google it. Right? You, you, you need to build something, they say Google it. I'm sure there's a YouTube video for that. 
And so more and more people will look at a YouTube video. They'll, they'll find a program on television, something they wanted to build, something that they thought was too hard, or they, they, they thought that they could never accomplish it. They looked at a DIY program, and they saw somebody do it. They saw somebody demonstrate it, and then they said, I can do that. How many of you have done a, one of those projects and it came out good? Yeah, yeah. How many of how you planning on doing something? Little something, something. Okay, okay. Save you a lot of money. And the wonderful thing about those YouTube videos that show you how to do something, how to fix something, you can press rewind right you can say wait a minute I need to see that again and then you'll cross reference and you say let me see if I can find another video that talks about the same thing that maybe gives me a clearer picture you look at they'll say these are the tools that you need in order to do what you've just seen and so when you look at that it gives you a greater level of confidence. And then you try it. And you look at it and he says, wow, look at that. Somebody comes to your house and they see it and they say, oh, can you tell me who did that for you? <laughs> I, I did that. You kidding? Yeah, I did it. I, I got an electrician to do the electrical part, but I did that. Can I tell you something? Jesus is your YouTube video. And he has recorded in scripture what it looks like to love. And what's so great about it, you can reread and reread the scripture, rewind it, read it all over again. How am I to love? Because what did he say? He says, if I, as I have loved you, you ought to love one another. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Our greatest demonstration of what it is to look like a Christian, to act like a Christian, to walk like a Christian is Jesus. You can read the scripture, tell them over, tell me again the stories of Jesus. Jesus demonstrates this agape, this highest form of love that the apostle is telling us we need to add. In the book of John, Jesus is having a discussion with his disciples and, and he's telling them that they need to stay connected to the source of life to help them to grow. And then he moves on to a discussion about love in John 15. Look at verse 9. He says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. He says, now, you, you guys remain in my love. He says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. He says, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. He says, I have told you, told you this so that your joy may, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. He says, my command is this. Love each other. How? Love, 
the way your mama loved. Loved the way your daddy loved. Loved the way you see, amen, the teachers in your school love. Love the way your neighbors love. No, he says, I'm not telling you to love like Peter. I'm not telling you to love like Paul. I'm not telling you to love like Matthew. He says, love as I have loved you. And then he says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And he looks at them. He looks across the spectrum of the disciples, each one of them, even Judas, even Peter. For the Bible says all of them forsook him. He looks at them and he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. It's not just singing a song, I am a friend of God, and that's a great song. But he says, you are my friends if you obey me. He says, stop telling me how much you love me and don't want to do what I tell you to do. He said, if you love me, obey my commands. The proof is in the doing. The proof is in the, in the pudding. He goes on and say, he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. He says, instead, I have called you friends. But everything that I learned from my father, hallelujah, I have been known to you. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, remain, and so that um, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. He says, this is my command. Love each other. But, but Lord, you don't know that. You don't know the way that sister treated me. Love one another. But you, Lord, you, you don't know how difficult, he says, love one another. Paul says, I can do all things through him who what? Strengthens me. He didn't say it would be easy to agape. He says, but I'm commanding you to agape. He tells them, here's the command. Here's what I am asking you to do. Love one another. Agape one another. Then he says, there's no greater love than what? Than a friend can lay down his life for his brethren. He says, there's no greater love than this. He, he says, what I'm about to do for all mankind, there's no greater love than that. Agape, love looks like Jesus being hung on a Roman cross and giving up his life so that we could find our life. It looks like him, agape love. Looks like him allowing his body to be beaten and him shedding his blood to break the grip of sin and death on our lives. And listen to me, he's not asking most of us, especially here in America, he's not asking you, amen, to give our lives to shed your blood. He's not asking that in this time and day, but it could come to that. People in other countries, even today, who are trying to be true to their faith in Jesus, even today, it is costing them their lives. Jesus is saying, love one another. This love is this selfless, 
sacrificial, unconditional love that Jesus had, that he demonstrated. It's a love that he shows even before the crucifixion. In fact, there are multiple times, instances, where it looks as though Jesus will have his life taken from him by force. However, Jesus always makes it a way that it's an act of his own will. You see, no one took his life. In fact, he says, no one takes my life from me. He says, I lay it down of my own accord. I give it willingly. You remember the day, a man, that he was falsely accused and Jesus was praying in the garden Gethsemane. Amen. He was in anguish of his soul over what he was about to take place. And then in Matthew 26 tells us, verse 30, um, 9, he says, going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. But he ends it that third time, each time really, and he says, yet not my will, but as you will. It's not saying agape is always easy because you still carry around and I still carry around this flesh. And my flesh wants what my flesh wants, when it wants it. My flesh wants to retaliate. Mm. My, my flesh wants tick for tat. My flesh wants to say, okay, I don't, I don't get back, but I get even. And the Lord says, no. That's not the way of agape. That's not the way of love. And I know this is, goes against the grain, but let me tell you something. God's will, God's way is countercultural. It doesn't flow with, it doesn't go with the flow. The cup that he's speaking about is the need to lay down his life as a ransom for many. And you, just like him in his flesh, no one would want that for their mission. Because it can only end one way, and that's in death. But as much as Jesus would have preferred another way, he prays, not my will be done, but your will be done. A few verses later, the hours before Jesus' death, He's, he's, in, he's still in the garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. He's in deep prayer. And it's a time that, it's at that time that Judas leads a mob. For Judas is not in the garden praying with Jesus. Judas has already gone off to, to make connection, amen, with those who want to crucify Jesus. And Judas brings the mob with the soldiers they enter into the garden in Matthew chapter 26. Verse 47 says, while he was still speaking, while Jesus is still speaking, Judas, one of the 12, one of the ones that Jesus says, I call you friend. Still speaking, he arrived and with him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Jesus says, now the betrayer, amen, now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The commentation is, the one kiss, the one I kiss, he's the man. Because they had told him, you've got to identify Jesus to us because y'all look alike. And we, we don't want to make a mistake. We want to make sure we get the right person. And so he tells them, the one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. 
Going at once to Jesus, Judas says, he greets him, greeting rabbi, greeting teacher, and he kissed him. Jesus looks at him and replies, do what you came for, friend. He's still calling him. Go figure. Do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions, who we know, amen, to have been um, um, Peter, reached for his sword. Brother was packing. Drew it out. And it was as if he was saying, not today you ain't. Ain't happening on my watch. Pulled out his sword. Struck at the, the, the servant of the high priest. Missed his neck. Because he wasn't aiming for his ear. Cut off his ear. The Lord looks at him and says, put your sword back, man. Put your, put, put it up. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. And then this is it. Remember what I said? They look like they're trying to take Jesus' life by force. But he had already told them, listen, I give my life willingly. Why? Because this is agape love. He is, it, it is without strings. It is of his own accord, of his own volition. He looks at him and says, do you think I cannot call on my father? Hold up, wait a minute. Do, do you really think I need y'all to defend me? Where you been? Did, did you see me drive out demons? Did, did you see me still the storm? Did I, I spoke to the storm and I said, peace, be still. Did, did you see me raise the dead? Did you see me make the crooked straight? Did you see me take a few fish and loaves and multiply it and feed thousands? Did, did, were you there? Were you there? He says, don't you know, don't you realize I could just call on my father? And he would at once put at my disposal more than 12,000 legions of angels. And I can imagine, listen, all of heaven, heaven is, heaven, he left heaven because of agape. I can imagine, I can imagine Gabriel got a sword. You think Peter had a sword? Gabriel got a sword. Just say when, say when, say when. All I got to do is call. <laughs> All I gotta do is cry out, Father, send them. Heaven would have broke open. Every angel, amen, every warring angel, where at his beck and call, he says, don't you think my father would put them at my disposal? All I got to do is ask, do you really think I need you? Because remember, the reason why he's doing what he's doing is because of agape. He says, no man takes my life from me, I lay it down. The enemy can never brag 
I took them out. The enemy can never brag, I did that. Jesus was on across the other side of Galilee and a man came to him that had been in the, in the tombs. And he began to speak out and he says, and the Lord says, who are you? And he says, our name is Legion for we are many. And, they, and they, were, they were nervous, they were fearful. Every demon trembles in the presence of Jesus. And they said, don't send us to, a, to the abyss. Don't send us, don't torment us. And they went into the swine of pig. They asked him, we go into the swine of pig. And they went into them. The swine says, not in here. The swine says, we'd rather die than have you in us. Jesus wants us to know that he laid down his life. Nobody took his life from him. Amen. After approximately three years of serving, preaching, teaching, and healing, Amen. That mob with swords and clubs came to try to take him by force, but no one could take Jesus by force. In fact, one of the writers says when they, when they, asked, um, they, when they asked for Jesus, he says, I am he. And just the very words, I am. The Bible said the guards fell to the ground. There's so much power in Jesus, so much power, just a word from the Lord can change everything. He's resolute. He's going to give away his life. He's going to give it away. And then as, as Jesus is on trial, he finds himself before Pilate, the Roman governor, and Pilate is about to sentence him. In John chapter 19, verse 8, it says, when Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid. He was afraid because they said, listen, if you don't take this guy out, you're no friend of Caesar's. We're going to report you to Caesar. And Caesar, you need Caesar's friend because he ain't liking you too much right now. And he went back inside the palace and he asked Jesus, where do you come from? Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Don't you realize, don't you know, I have power either to free you or to crucify. I've got that much power. Jesus says, okay, I got to say something. <laughs> I got to say something. He says, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. He says, you bragging about your power? Jesus says, uh-uh. Uh-uh. You would have no power unless it was given to you. And finally, as Jesus hangs on the cross, the Bible said he breathes his last and then in John 19, 30, he says, when he had received the drink, Jesus says, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Even on the cross, his life is not taken from him. Jesus gives up his spirit willingly and freely. In other words, I'm not dying. 
until I say I'm done. I'm not going to hang my head in death until I'm ready. Why? Because I agape, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. And as Peter writes to the early church, they are to add to their faith goodness and to their goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to their perseverance to add godliness and to their godliness they are to add mutual affection and to their mutual affection they are to add unconditional love. This is the kind of love that he's thinking about, talking about. This selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love. It's that love that causes you to go beyond those persons that are easy to love. And we know there are people that are easy to love. It's that kind of love that goes further and says, no, I'm going to love you anyway. It's that kind of love Amen. That is self-giving and self-sacrificing for the sake of others. You agape, you, you, you put others' welfare in front of your own. It's that kind of love that will cause somebody to clear up your debt. Hello, somebody. It's that kind of love that clothes the naked, that gives food to the hungry. It's that kind of love that prays until the answer comes. It's that kind of love that is benevolent to those that can't pay you back, to those who have nothing to give you. It's that kind of love I saw demonstrated. And I don't know what, what their faith is. I don't know where they stand with the Lord, but it was that kind of love that I saw demonstrated on Martha's Vineyard. When those 50 or so immigrants that were being used as a political tool were gathered together from a state that the governor of Florida is not even the governor of, was trying to send a message and he flew them to Martha's Vineyard and just dumped them. But it was that kind of love that I saw with those residents, those rich residents, if you please, reaching out to those persons that could not pay them back, could not do anything from them, could not give them a, 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 a recommendation on a loan. And they ministered to all those people. They got lawyers for them. They reached out to their connections. See, that kind of love says, listen, I've got, I know somebody. I know somebody that can help you in your situation. You tell them I sent you. See, that kind of love loans your influence on the behalf of other people. Am I talking to the wrong group? Do you, have you ever experienced that kind of love where somebody came to your rescue, stepped in, helped you when nobody else would help you? And they weren't asking for payment. They went, even when you tried to offer something, they said, no, 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 no. Peter says, this is the kind of love that we ought to add. And church, I'm going I'm to stop here. Time is spent. There's more I want to say, but I'm going to stop there. Will you stand to your feet? It's going to cost you something. 
This kind of love will cost you something. The, the question is, are you willing to pay the price? Jesus says, I'll pay the price. The story says, all of heaven was searched to find someone worthy enough to die for the sins of the world. And there was nobody that could be found. Only God himself took on flesh, stepped out of glory, allowed them to be born in a little town, in meager surroundings, grew up, and for three years, he demonstrated what agape love was all about. Even on the cross, he made sure he took care of his mama. <laughs> mother, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. Take care of her, John. He'll love your mother. What kind of love is this? And God loves you so and loves me so. Other folks would have walked away. Some of the stuff we've done, how many of you know other folks would have walked away? Other folks would have given up on you. Other folks would have threw the towel in on you, but the Lord stood with you. He has stayed by you. He has never left. Even though when you walked away, he has stayed there. And even now, he says, come to me. Even now, after all of that, after all that water under the bridge, he says, come to me. I won't reject you. I won't forsake you. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes. God so loved that he gave. Teach me how to love, Father. Teach me how to love. Help me to, 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 to see the video. Help me to see what love ought to look like. I need to see the picture more clearly, God. Remind me again. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. That we should be called the sons and daughters of God. Help us to love as you have loved us. Father, we're living in a wicked time, in an evil time. And what this world really needs, the song is still true. What the world needs now is love. The kind of love, dear God, that you've commanded us to have. Our neighbors need this love. Our children need this love. Our families need this kind of love. Teach us how to love in a more perfect way. Lord, help us to grow up into all these things in increasing measures. If you're listening to me, if you're in this room, I want you to know that the Father loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. Nothing you can do, nothing that you've done will ever change the fact he loves you. And even now he's willing to forgive you and embrace you if you'll come to him. 
come to Jesus. Give him your life today. Tomorrow may be too late. Today, choose who you're going to serve. If your head's about at home and your eyes are closed, if you will cry out to the Lord, I tell you, he will hear you. For whoever calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. You will cry out to him for forgiveness. He will hear you and he will answer. He will answer. He will answer. He will, he will pardon you and he will deliver you and set you free. He'll give you a new lease on life. He'll give you what you need to go through the challenges of life because life is challenging. It has hills and mountains and valleys. But he says, I'll go with you all the way. Choose him. Choose the one who has chosen you. Right where you are, right where you stand, call out to him. Jesus, have mercy upon me. Jesus, have mercy upon me. Jesus, have mercy upon me. I need you. Oh, how I need you. We confess our sins. He's faithful. He's just to forgive us of all our sins and unrighteousness. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Call out to him. Ask him to save you. Turn from your sin and turn to him. That's called repentance. Answer his call. His call is to follow him. Be his disciple. Answer the call. Because he stands ready to answer your call. Father, will you seal this word in our hearts? Help us to be the church. Help us to be the people you've called us to be. Help us, dear God, to, 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 to read and reread the examples that Jesus has left us. Help us to agape. Give us opportunity, dear God, and tap us on the shoulder, Holy Spirit, and say, now. Now, now, do it now, do it now. Now's the time. Now's the time. Thank you, Father. That the secret sauce is not so secret. In Jesus' name, amen. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Oh, God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't leave love out. You have all kinds of gifts and have not love. And God says it amounts to nothing. Love is what we're commanded to do. Love. Love is of God. God is love. Thank you for joining us this week. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and tag us in your social stories at C-O-G-E-N-Y. Thank you to those who have given generously to this ministry in the past. 
And if you'd like to become a contributor, head over to cog-eny.com. That's cog-eny.com. And just click on the offering and donations tab. Again, thank you so much. Now God bless.